Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos. It has probably been the longest stretch since I had my last podcast, but I'm so grateful that I can be here with you today and I want to share with you some of the things that I experienced over the last several days. First of all, I want to have it be made known that I have been afraid of flying for about 24 years. And it began when my son was an infant and he was screaming on a flight from Kentucky to California. And my five-year-old daughter at that time was busy keeping herself entertained as she completely pulled the seat that she was sitting on apart. And as I was fumbling and bumbling with my son, trying to get him to be quiet, and he was screaming, I looked down and she had the seat pulled apart and I read underneath her cushion that this cushion was to be used as a flotation device in case of emergency. And with the anxiety that I was feeling, the, incre- the incredible stress that I was feeling about my son screaming and and just dripping sweat, trying to get him to be quiet. We had so many hours left to go and I'm sure people were just beside themselves, you know, get that kid to shut up. I could just feel it, the contention that the tension that I had throughout the flight and then my daughter had pulled her seat apart. And then I read that it was a flotation device. For some reason that kicked into many years of flying to the point that I even stopped a flight once, that the captain had to come out and talk to me and tell me to go sit back down and and we were ready for takeoff and there was nothing I could do to get off the flight to another time when I was flying with Jeff and, and the medication hadn't quite kicked in and I was trying to get up out of my seat to get off the plane and he kept pressing me leaning into me and and holding me in place like you cannot leave you cannot get off this flight you're going to stay right here that a woman even turned around and said are you being held against your will (laughs) and i realized that i was making a little bit of a scene and i forced myself to calm down and let that medication kick in i have really really struggled for the last several years and i haven't flown alone okay so there's my first fear second fear is I do not enjoy watching my husband coach. I can watch any other game under the sun. I don't because I don't enjoy sports, but in order to support my husband, I need to be able to sit through a game. And not only do not I not enjoy watching sports, I feel incredible anxiety about him coaching. My hands are dripping with moisture and sweat and my stomach is in knots. At some points, I have to remind myself to breathe. I don't know why this comes over me. I just want to see Jeff succeed. I want to see him do well. Two fears. The third fear I have, which I won't go into detail and it's not even important, is getting on the scale. But that's not relevant to this. So last week, as Jeff was at the National Championship Tournament in West Plains, Missouri, in his third attempt to bring home the national trophy. The two years previous, he has come home fairly quickly because they lost in the first or second game and, and, uh, didn't make it to any sort of a final round. They came home pretty defeated this year. As my daughter was watching the games, we would get updates. And then finally the, the, 
the final message of in all capital letters dad one and then we'd get another one dad one and then we'd get another one dad one to where he made it to the final round and yes admittedly I did not watch a single game prior to that I was busy working on my schoolwork but of course I could have had the game playing in the background but I didn't go because I had three I have three teenage daughters that needed to be in several different directions and track meets just things to attend to at the end of the school year and I just felt like I just could not get out there and once in a while after my daughter would text dad one I would check flights and they were $500 and I thought no I'm not going to do that we we have all kinds of household chores to do and repairs and things we need to get caught up on to to put money into a plane ticket and I just didn't make any effort to go and so I didn't Tuesday went by Wednesday went by and the text messages kept coming dad won Friday night when he won the last round to head into the final championship game this incredible feeling came over me that I needed to get there now don't forget I'm afraid of flying and don't forget I don't want to watch the game as I sat there at about 10 o'clock that night I had just finished some homework and I was waiting for some of it to finish uploading to the the submittal place where I turn in my homework on this school's webpage. I was checking flights. They had gone up pretty significantly. And I just thought there's no way. But this feeling kept coming over me that if he wins this and you are not there to give him that congratulatory hug, you will regret this for the rest of your life. I was pretty convinced at that point that he was going to win. And I just wanted to be there. All of the girls from the team, they had their parents there in support. The head coach did not have anyone. So I began to fumble around with the idea and I was trying to find the best route to go and I found a flight that left at six o'clock in the morning, had a layover in Denver, and then would arrive at one o'clock in Missouri. Then I would have to rent a car and drive to West Plains, which was a three-hour drive. So what does that mean? That means Shari cannot take her Xanax and Ambien. Shari would not have her husband to help her through the airport to find the next gate for her connecting flight. I would have to do this entirely on my own. But I felt compelled. I felt this urgency. And as I began to <clears throat> dissect this urgency as to why I was feeling this way, I was convinced that Jeff was going to win and that I needed to be there and to celebrate with him and be his support. I hit purchase. I hit the button to purchase. I used a credit card, which is something I never do, and I just did it. And then I found a rental car 
and I hit purchase. And all the while I was second guessing myself, but I was determined to ignore those thoughts, push them away because they begin to overwhelm me and consume me. And I begin to listen to those fears, but I just went forward. I went forward and I kept praying, Heavenly Father, for some reason I feel this is right. Heavenly Father, this is very expensive. Should I be doing this? Please help me to know. Time was running out. I needed to make that purchase or not. So I went for it. I did it. I hit the button to buy. After spending an exorbitant amount of money, I was now committed to going. So I called my daughter in in Provo and I asked her if she could take me first thing in the morning, which means that she would have to leave at four o'clock with me to take me to the airport. I began to pack and put things together. I began to move around the house and, and make this all work and ignore my fears and push them away that I was going to do this. I kept in my mind, I kept in the forefront of my mind a hug for Jeff, that I was going to be there to surprise him and give him a huge congratulatory hug. And that was what was driving me. I couldn't wait to get there fast enough. I thought, boy, I have a long day ahead of me. I have a flight, a layover, find the gate, another flight, and then figure out how to get to the rental car place, rent the car, and drive out there for three hours. And I just felt like it was a huge task, but I kept going. I kept going, I kept pursuing this. I did not sleep the entire night, a Friday night. I finished submitting my homework and I finished packing and I laid down for a few minutes and I just couldn't sleep. I got up and I curled my hair. I never curl my hair, but I curled my hair and got myself completely ready as though I was going on this very important date. And you know what? It was. So I put my very, very best self together, put on my favorite comfortable clothes, but that were comfortable yet cute enough that I could greet Jeff and, and have him be surprised that I was with, that I was there. And I did it. I got to the airport. I explained to them that I was very nervous. Please help me to know where to go. They sent me to security and I went through the check-in and everything was going really well. Even to the point that the security, the officer that was at the gate said, oh, it's your lucky day. I had a Snow College volleyball t-shirt on and he actually knew Bridget, one of our players on the team. And I thought, that's my sign. This is our lucky day. We are going to win this. I was even told that this morning at 6 a.m. before I get on the on the flight. For some reason, that little exchange with that police officer put me at ease the rest of the day. I got on that flight and I just kept thinking about my friend who had talked to me about flying and when you come to land, it's just a bump and a roll, a bump and a roll. And as we were beginning to descend, I kept thinking it's it's just a bump and a roll. I don't like the takeoff, I don't like being in the air, and I do not like the landing. 
but I talked myself very carefully through all of it. And for an amazing miracle that it was, I felt completely at peace. I was not afraid. I was not going to let fear overwhelm and overcome me. I got off the flight. I went to the next gate. And then I sat there waiting, got back on that flight, and landed in St. Louis. Then it was figuring out where to get the rental car. It had already been purchased. I needed to know how to get there. Oh, you take a shuttle. Waited for the shuttle, got in line, got the car. Everything was going so smoothly. Can I tell you that? It was going so well. So I'm gonna tell you the rest of my story, but of course, my podcast has a very specific purpose to it, and that is to share the gospel. So I want to talk about God is Among Us, God Among Us by Elder Uchtdorf in this last general conference. And he talks about fear and the chaos and the fear and the uncertainty and the political division that was going on in his country at that time. It was an anxious time and even more terrifying for his parents. It was a time of bleakness and he felt and wondered if there was even any hope left in the world. And while the world was drowning in cynicism, bitterness and hatred and fear, he still had the message of the gospel. And this transcends politics and history and grudges and grievances and personal agendas. It gives divine answers to important questions and experiences that we have in our lifetime. That is exactly what I was holding on to. I was holding on to my Savior and I was holding on to my Father in Heaven. I feel like they were my driving direction as to me getting on that plane and me being successfully getting there to be there for my husband. Because it was a righteous desire, I knew that I would get there safely. And I experienced a miracle I did not fear. I did not fear. I got in that rental car and I began my trek to West Plains, Missouri, three hours away with the help of Siri and not having any idea where this was. I just headed there. I even stopped in at a Target and bought a a fresh, cute orange blouse to represent Snow College. So here my hair was curled and I I even had on a cute blouse and I made it out there. I got there just as the last set had finished and they lost. Snow College had lost 25-15. I stood there and was like, oh my gosh, I came all this way and look at how badly they just lost this first set. I couldn't believe it. I was stunned. I went back outside and got in the car and just thought, I'm just going to go back home. I don't want Jeff to know that I'm here. I don't want him to feel like, oh, Shari's here and she's our bad luck and she's the reason we're losing. The fear began to settle in. I paced, got out of the car, the sidewalk, up and down, chewed on my nail, went back inside, sat in a conference room that was not where the game was, but I went down the hall and found a conference room. Just the sounds of the of the shoes on the on the court and the squeaking and the ball and the people cheering, the anxiety began to come over me. 
I went back outside and I got in the car and I prayed. I said, Heavenly Father, please, please bless Jeff that he will have this, that this will be his. They have worked so hard, these girls. Please help me not to be afraid. Please help me not to be afraid. I want to be here to support Jeff. They have to turn this around. They have been unbelievably, incredibly amazing this entire season. And they have continued to win and win and win. Why was that first set such a slaughter? Please help them to get it together. And I don't want to see Jeff be disappointed. After that prayer, I got out of the car and I had an image. I had an image of my favorite scripture. And it was of the Nephites, how they were facing the Lamanites and the Lamanites. Their head was shorn and they were dressed with just loincloth. And they had red paint on their faces and they were terrifying to look at. But the Nephites, they got down on their knees and they prayed for help and they prepared for this battle. The Lamanites thought that they were succumbing to the fear and that is why they got on their knees and they cheered and they roared and they thought that that they had won this battle before it had even begun. The Nephites rose up and they went to battle and they slaughtered. And that has been one of my very favorite passages of Scripture in the Book of Mormon. And I'm telling you, it was that passage of Scripture that I rose up with all confidence that through my Scripture reading and my prayers and practicing to stop being a pinball in the pinball machine that I'm not going to react to fear. I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to watch this game. I have just flown two flights today. I overcame that fear. I drove out here unmedicated with total confidence, knowing that they were going to win. And I walked into that gym and I stood there. Jeff still not knowing that I was there. I stood there and I watched that game. I watched that game in complete peace. And it continued to not go the direction that I really thought it was going to go. It continued to not go well to the point that I began again to doubt like Heavenly Father why am I here I could have saved a thousand dollars why did I come out here for them to just to lose is, it, is this me is this my fault and then something came over me it was a very strong yet peaceful feeling that you are here for Jeff, not for a celebratory hug, but to be there for him in one of his greatest disappointments. And then I didn't care anymore. I didn't care anymore whether he won or lost. I realized that I felt. an incredible feeling of peace the entire day with the end goal in sight to give him a hug. That was my goal. The hug happened and he was shocked that I was there, but I am beyond 
and without words to explain how grateful I was for my Heavenly Father to compel me to get there. To get there and be there for my eternal companion. In one of his greatest moments in his career of disappointment, they'd gotten this far. They were at the final championship game. And we all thought that he was going to take this with his team, that they were going to win it and come home national champions. But the game didn't go that way. And Snow College Volleyball lost. And I walked out onto the court and I gave my husband the biggest hug. The biggest and the tightest hug. And I am so grateful that my Heavenly Father knows the needs of my husband and he knows how difficult it was for me to get on those airplanes today, that day. And the peace that surrounded me the entire day. I got there. I arrived there. I watched the game even with total peace and confidence. I didn't sit in the car like I normally do. I did it. I overcame that fear. And I did so with confidence with the end goal in sight to give my husband a very big supportive hug. The vision that I had of giving him a hug, that did that did happen. And it wasn't so much that it was my lucky day, but it was it was a lucky day for our marriage. Because it was in the moment where I could easily have said, oh no, I'm not going to go because if they win, then I'll be glad I didn't spend the money. I pushed that aside and I was there for my eternal companion. And for some reason, I have just felt an increased love and a strengthening of our marriage that I was there for him in his moment of defeat. I could not be more grateful to my Father in Heaven who guided me to that moment. And as the, as the last couple of days have gone by since this experience, I think about my Savior and I think about how He appeared in our time to restore truth and light, His Gospel and His Church, that He speaks to prophets. Again, that God is among us and He is personally involved in our lives and actively guiding his children, just as he actively guided me. We can stand before him pure and worthy and sanctified. And he has not doomed us to stumble through this mortality without hope for a bright future. We have hope for another year. We have hope for another championship. But in that process, we are there for each other. We are not there only when we win and we're successful. We are there for each other in the greatest of heartbreak. And we are to be here for each other to help guide us 
together back to our Father in Heaven to enter into His presence. Can we just remember that ultimately that is why we are here, not for a trophy. I am so grateful for this incredible opportunity that I had that even though I am an infant compared to the glory of grandeur that we are designed to become, just as Elder Uchtdorf said, that no mortal being advances from crawling to walking to running without frequent bumps and stumbles and bruises, because that is how we learn. Yes, all of the girls came home with bumps and stumbles and bruises and even a broken heart, including my husband. But that is how we learn. But if we earnestly keep practicing and keep striving to win a national championship, yes, but to keep God's commandments and committing our efforts to repenting and enduring and applying what we have learned, line upon line, game after game, practice after practice, we will gather not only light into our souls, but we can along the way achieve championships. But it has to be made clear that it, that is only one part of our existence. That is only one of the small reasons that we are here. Overall, we are here to go home. We are here to go back to our Father in Heaven. And there is nothing of greater importance than for us to be there for one another and help each other in the time of strife and disappointment and heartbreak and chaos and in happiness and in joy. And I'm grateful that I experienced that. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Coaching Chaos. And may we all be there for one another with a congratulatory hug or a hug for our greatest disappointment, but that we all lead each other back home to our Father in Heaven with or without a trophy. See you next time right here on Coaching Chaos.